So the year was 1181, and the place was Umbria in Italy, about 40 miles north of Rome. And into a wealthy and aristocratic family, a beautiful baby boy was born. He was baptized Giovanni, and this child became the Miley Cyrus, or Justin Bieber of his day. Giovanni's father, Pietro, was a wealthy cloth merchant, and he just lavished everything he could on his beautiful son, clothes and food and fun experiences. And by the time Giovanni was an adult, his lifestyle and his antics pursued him wherever he went. As one author put it, no one loved pleasure more than Giovanni. He had a ready wit, he had a beautiful singing voice, gorgeous clothes, he was handsome, he was gallant, he was the leader of the city revels and the very king of frolic. But in the year 1205, something happened to this spoiled, fun-loving party boy. He grew deathly ill. The illness lingered, and the experience of mortality, his own mortality, began to weigh heavily upon them. He got better. He was able to eventually rejoin his comrades, but but now he often seemed distant. He was less interested in the wasteful and self-absorbent lifestyle of his youth. And then as the story goes, one day riding across the Umbrian plain on horseback, Giovanni came upon a wretched, homeless, very ill man, penniless, did with leprosy. He reined his horse away from the sight. He was determined to steer clear of this man. But as soon as he turned away, his thoughts kept drifting back toward the unfortunate one. Eventually, Giovanni had to stop his horse. And he thought, I have so much. He has so little. Maybe I could help him. Maybe he's contagious. What should I do? He has nothing. Should I help him? It was a pivotal moment for that young man. He stood on the threshold of something new and great and amazing. What should he do? What should he do? What should I do? What should we do? These questions permeate threshold moments. And no one understands threshold moments like our Savior Jesus Christ. In fact, in the Gospels, Jesus easily purposefully brings people to threshold moments. Take our scripture from Mark's gospel this morning, the familiar story of Jesus' encounter with that eager young man. This young man actually represents the opposite of young Giovanni. For unlike Giovanni, he is seeking eternal light. He sets his heart on deeper spiritual understanding, and he seeks out Jesus, asking for Jesus' help. Here we catch a glimpse of the Savior recognizing a young man on the threshold of a richer and fuller life, on the threshold of greater joy and purpose. The encounter begins with the young man saying, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And and Jesus points him to the commandments, but, but the young man isn't interested. He says, no, I've done all those things my whole life. You see, this, this young man knows there's more. There's more to life. And he knows that Jesus might be able to help him find that more. 
then the gospel says the most amazing thing. Don't miss it. It says that Jesus looked upon this young man and he loved him. He looked upon him and realized he was on the threshold of something new and exciting, on the threshold of real spiritual maturity, and he loved him. It's not some weak and easy love, but tough love, the kind of love that hurts, the kind of love that wants the absolute best for the person. You see, Jesus knew what that young man lacked, and he was about to get personal, more personal than you would want your preacher to get with you this morning. Out of love, he says to the young man, take all you've got, sell it, give it away to the poor, and follow me. Can you imagine the still quiet that followed that moment? Can you imagine what went through that young man's mind? Jesus stands in front of him and literally labels his wealth and possessions stumbling blocks for his spiritual growth. Jesus might as well say, you're not going to experience the joy or generosity of discipleship if you hold on to your wealth. Let it go. You don't need such a soft cushion of wealth to be my disciple. Give it away. Learn to live life dependent upon me, focused upon me. Stop the distraction and worry, Jesus is saying, and follow me. The rich young man stands upon a threshold. He receives a call to abundant life, and no one can answer that call but him. When I was a college professor in North Carolina, a small group of my students went to a tiny village in the Yucatan. They went there to study some kind of monkey on an anthropology trip. But while they were there staying in a very remote small village, on their last day of the trip, a hurricane hit that coastline. It wasn't a, a terribly strong hurricane, and my students were fine, but the village, which was made of very flimsy homes, the village that had been their host, it was completely destroyed. As one student told me, we went to the village to say goodbye that morning, and there was literally nothing left. You could barely make out the streets and buildings. There were just people, dazed people looking at their homes, looking at their crops, wondering what to do next. And here they were, a group of rather wealthy Americans in the midst of extreme need and poverty. What to do? How to respond? They stood on the threshold of something new and challenging, something that called for the very best from them. What to do? Well, the Gospel of Mark tells us that the rich young man, the one so earnest about his soul that he went and sought advice from Jesus, that one standing on the threshold of becoming a disciple of Christ, he just stood there on that threshold. He stood there. He stood there. But he never went through the door. He turned away. He turned back. And he and Jesus both end up sorrowful. Because he just couldn't turn his life over, couldn't really give it over to Jesus. And I want you to understand that Jesus isn't angry here. 
He doesn't express outrage or condemnation against this young man. Rather, this story is filled with sadness. Sadness on the part of Jesus because of the young man's situation. Sadness on the part of the young man who, having heard Jesus' call, turns away. This is the only story in the Gospel of Mark where a called person moves away from Jesus, not toward him, all because he can't let go, all because the ties that bind him, his money, his possessions, his things, they are just too tight and too important. My college students in the Yucatan stood on a threshold, and they responded very differently that morning. One by one, they went to the rental van, they took out their possessions, and they began to give them away everything. T-shirts, bathing suits, PJs, shoes, soap, brushes, blue jeans, even the suitcases themselves. They left every bit of it behind. And when they returned to campus, they began a fund drive, raising thousands of dollars for relief for that little village. One of the students said, I think God meant for us to be there that day. I think God meant for us to help. I never questioned what to do, and I'll never think about my stuff in the same way again. Threshold moments. For young Giovanni, for the man in Mark's gospel, for a group of college students, Esther DeWall, a contemporary writer on monasticism, reminds us that in ancient wisdom, a threshold, every threshold, is a sacred thing. In fact, in monastic practice, a monk or a nun traditionally pauses at the threshold of the chapel or prayer room before entering, and it's a significant pause. This pause on the threshold is a moment allowed for the faithful to let go to drop concerns or worries or anxieties or anything that they are holding on to too tightly. And this threshold creates a moment also for God to enter in. Friends, God uses threshold moments. At times, God even creates threshold moments because God desires for us to let go of those things that fill up our spirits, that fill up our lives, those things that don't leave room for discipleship, for deep relationship with Christ, or deep relationship with the people Christ died for. These threshold moments continue to come in life. They come again and again in my life, in your life, and they come in the life of the church. And each of us, as well as this church, must stand in these thresholds and decide, can I, can we, take this road ahead, or will I, will we, like the young man in Mark's gospel, simply turn away in sorrow? You might have noticed that here at Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, we are actually in the middle of that wonderful time of year we call stewardship season, my favorite time of year, probably yours as well, right? I know when you received this in the mail, you were just just panting with anticipation, weren't you? It's the time of year when we ask our members and constituents to consider their financial support of the church. We ask that you take this card. We ask that you fill it out, that you let us know what part of your resources you'll contribute to the church or to God's work in this part of the kingdom. 
But I want to suggest this morning, this is more than a business transaction. This is so much more than a nicety or even a necessary evil for our ministry in 2017. Now, I want to suggest that as you prayerfully consider and write down some dollar amount, the amount you plan to give this year, that more is going on here than creating a church budget. In truth, you and your family are getting an opportunity in these weeks to make a choice, to announce before God your priorities, to decide what path you will be pursuing. So I want you to take a few minutes and consider the threshold that you stand upon. Take a few minutes and consider the threshold this church stands upon. You know, we've talked a lot this campaign and stewardship about Stewardship in the broadest sense, it's not really about money, it's about our commitment to Christ, it's about our willingness to give ourselves to Christ, and all of that is true. But Jesus reminds us in Mark's gospel that for people of faith, and for people seeking deeper, more fulfilling relationships with Christ, money, material possessions, they are always an issue. They are always a spiritual issue. And our money has direct consequences upon our spirit, our soul. It reflects our spirits and souls. It reflects our relationship with our Savior. And it really doesn't matter how much you have or how little you have. Our possessions, our money, or lack thereof become formidable roadblocks to spiritual growth, formidable roadblocks to spiritual health. Our spending, saving, and giving They express in concrete ways our commitments and priorities. That makes this a threshold moment. And I believe Jesus is with us, with our families, with our church in these threshold moments, calling us to a new kind of life, a new set of priorities. Jesus calls you, calls me, this church, to a life that is more hopeful, more fulfilling, than any checkbook balance. And Jesus desperately wants for us what he wanted for that young man in Mark's gospel, to let go, to let go of what holds us back. Proverbs 18, 10 and 11 puts it this way, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are safe. The wealth of the rich is their fortified city, and they imagine it an unscalable wall. So ultimately, each of us decide, what is our strong tower? What is our unscalable wall? And our bank balances, our degrees, our great-paying jobs, our strong convictions, they are not enough. It's the God we've come to know in Jesus Christ that we should be putting our trust in. There is our security. There is where we stake our lives. And I'm sorry, but our money, our financial commitments, they should reflect that. We stand on a threshold, my friends. As we fill out these cards, as we make decisions for 2017 as a church, as individuals, we stand on a threshold, and we are called to respond. Speaking of response, do you remember Giovanni, that 12th century fun-loving bad boy of Umbria? 
Do you remember his threshold moment in the middle of nowhere, sitting on his horse, looking at that poor homeless man, ill and penniless? Well, there's something about him that I did not tell you. You see, his father never really liked the name Giovanni, and so he gave him a nickname. He nicknamed him Francis. And the village of his birth was Assisi in Umbria, Francis of Assisi. Francis that day got off his horse. He embraced the leper. He gave him every piece of clothing that he had on, gave him all of his money. And that day began a remarkably simple, remarkably focused life dedicated to living out the gospel of Jesus Christ. He crossed that threshold, my friends, and he never looked back. St. Francis' love for the poor, his dedication to Jesus Christ, challenged the church of his day, and it created a reformation within Western Christianity that rivals the Protestant Reformation in terms of lasting importance. There's a reason why the Pope took the name Francis. St. Francis still has that kind of power. All because he let go. All because he knew what to do in that threshold moment. Because he gave away those things that distracted him and put nothing, and I mean nothing, before his relationship with Jesus Christ. So friends, I invite you as we move into these last few weeks of our stewardship commitment. See this as our threshold moment as a church. The question is, are we ready to follow Jesus into the year ahead, into 2017? Can we let go of the past? Shall I say that again? Can we let go of the past? Give ourselves wholeheartedly to God's future here in this place. That's what your stewardship commitments are about. And this is a threshold moment for your family as well. Will your giving show your priorities and values? Will following Christ be at the top of your list? And this is a threshold moment for each of us. The bottom line, will we let go of whatever we cling to, whatever we look to for security, and cling instead to our Savior? It matters. And as we stand on this threshold, I think it's good for us to pause and to pray. To pray before our God. Will you join me? Oh God, make us channels of your peace. Where there's hatred, let us sow love where there's injury, pardon, where there's doubt, faith, where there's despair, hope, and sadness, joy. Help us to remember that it is in giving that we receive. Help us as we stand upon this threshold of a new year to have the courage and faith to follow you. Amen.